Introducing Minor Wisdom Quintet. Another episode of Minor Wisdom dropping this week. This week's a little unique. I sat in a burger joint in Bastrop, Texas. It could be the burger joint in Bastrop, Texas for all I know, but a burger joint nonetheless had a delicious burger with Mandy Tapia, Brian Cortez, and Jacob Layden uh, all in Bastrop, Bastrop High School, Bastrop Pack. We had a good conversation because there's a good variety of teaching there. We've got a first-year teacher. We've got a three-year, so some would say three years is experienced. And then Jacob, who left teaching after three years to become a pretty much technical director, a, a pack manager, which is something quite a few people consider doing. And if there were more packs in the state of Texas, I think there'd be a lot of uh, educators in those packs that are that are kind of leading the front on those. Our conversation went everywhere, and although we sat there for a good hour and a half, the conversation that is useful for a podcast is really only about half an hour. So it was uh, fun, though. It was interesting. Uh, the school year's ended for me. Uh, the school year is over. I do not have students anymore. I do have to go back to school next week for a couple different meetings, a couple things to wrap up the year, but it's done. I don't have students, so that's kind of nice. And uh, looking forward to this summer. Again, we've got the Fort Bend ISD Summer Theater Camp. There are lots of camps. I highly recommend you tell your kids, you make your kids take advantage of all these camps that are around the state of Texas, even outside the state of Texas. It'd be a great thing for these kids to be able to afford that and go outside, go to different um, different states and, and experience their camps, experience their uh, their programs that they offer, because it's always good for kids to learn from more directors, get different opinions. That's my opinion take it or leave it, whatever. And now this podcast can be listened to on not only iTunes, not only Google, not only Spotify, but Stitcher and iHeartRadio as well. So please, please subscribe. You can also follow me on the Twitter at Mr. Blake Miner. Go to Facebook, Miner Wisdom. I will be at Mr. Stewart Savage's pedagogy by inebriation or whatever it's called this coming week. Yes, this is a plug. Yes, I'm inviting a lot of people, <laughs> clearly, uh, or, you know, 60 that listen to this podcast. But I will be there with my recording device, making sure I am getting some information, some wisdom from those people that are much better than me at talking and giving advice and just kind of talking about the end of their year. That all being said, here, ladies and gentlemen, is the Groner Joke of the Week. This week's Groner Joke is a little bit of a history lesson. Teacher says to the class, George Washington not only chopped down his father's cherry tree, but also admitted it. Now, Louis, do you know why his father didn't punish him? Louis. Because George still had the axe in his hand? Oh,
Hi, my name is Mandy Tapia, and I'm here with Blake Miner's podcast, Miner Wisdom, as a, an associate talker. Uh, my name is Jacob Layton. I am the uh, performing arts ma- the, uh, I am the nice. performing arts center manager for Bastrop ISD. He is not a voice addiction teacher. No, he, is, he is not. He is not. In toy, fact. Boat, toy boat. Toy boat. My name is Brian Cortez. I am the technical director at Bastrop High School, and I'm also an associate talker. You, well, you don't have to look at the mic. No, I'm looking at it. For, okay. <laughs> I know I don't have to. <laughs> but it, if I can't see it, it can't see me. Okay. That's you know? true. It's not, it's not a good thing. So, okay, now you're creeping me out. Look at it. So, young BZ, uh, uh, this was your first year teaching, right? Yes, sir. Uh, what was the best thing about your year? Oh, man. Um, me. Uh, he works. He works next to me. Let's be honest. There's a lot of good things. I think the best thing, honestly, has been thinking about where I was a year ago in my student teaching, where I felt like there was no way I was gonna be good at this ever. To like seeing myself grow and becoming what I want to be as a teacher, and being able to be like, oh, hey, now, cool. When I tell kids to stop doing something, they just stop doing it now, and I know how to do that in a way that they'll take me seriously. So, you came out of the classroom too, right? Yes. How many um, years were you teaching? I had taught, I had, I had finished my third year teaching, and then got pulled out of the classroom into managing a space. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, were you giving advice to Brian um, as the school year? <laughs> Yes, as 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 odd as it is for a third year teacher to try to give uh, a first year teacher advice. Yeah, um, <laughs> my job. Um, yeah. It was collectively between the three of you. There's seven years seven teaching. Seven years. Right? Yes, yeah. seven years teaching. I, I, I broke out a little earlier than All most together, people. we're a professional. Yeah. But I, I do think that there is some advantage to that too, though. Like <laughs> some advantage to being to, uh, uh, well to, to having it's still know, fresh on your mind. Yeah, you know, you're you're still learning new things, and you're not you're not set in any particular way. So there's there's advantages well, to that. Like sure. literally, when when Brian would come and ask me something specific, like let's say classroom management wise, I could literally talk about well last five minutes ago when I had to do that, <laughs> um, and it, and we had the same students, we were dealing yeah. with the same kids, so that was super helpful because you know our kids hadn't graduated, so we're able to, to help each other that way. But I think having a new team of new teachers was interesting because, I mean, we knew when we hired Brian that obviously that it was going to be his first year and that there was going to be things that um, he was going to struggle with, but um, but so did I two years ago, and so did, you know, Jacob was doing it last year just with becoming the pack manager. Yeah, like there was, I mean, and that's a whole other set of things too, right? Like, like stepping out of the classroom and moving into an entirely different role typically, and I was very lucky, they decided that um, they were actually going to split it because before I walked in, they were teaching a half, like almost a full schedule and managing a facility too, which yeah. I think is what gets done a lot. But, but Mandy does make a, a good point. Yeah, yeah Mandy makes a good point though. Like all of us being youthful, I yeah. think it definitely helps. Or young in the profession in the sense that we haven't been doing oh, it very long. Are you saying that's what you were saying? That's what you meant by that? Well, I mean, if you want to take it that way, that's fine. <laughs> I mean, it is what I meant. So <laughs> you're afraid to take it that way, Brian. What's something that uh, maybe when it first presented itself annoyed you or angered you? But then later, a couple days later, a week later, you realize, actually, that was probably good for me. Oh, geez. Uh, um, the first time that I had to call a parent, because uh, there's some conniving okay. going on over here. 
uh, Bristol so Bristol I Bristol. said a student's name, but I can't say it yeah, out loud. No, so. you, you, you said the right student, yeah. J-N. Uh, the first time that I had to call a parent, I was pretty much forced into it because the student was, you know, incredibly disruptive, walked out of my class. I mean, I didn't have a choice. When was this in the school year? Uh, this was probably in my first two months. Okay. And so... I had this anxiety about doing it because that meant it was something I had to address and I was scared of that yeah. because I'm having to step into that disciplinary role. You know, I have to actually discipline someone now. So I finally just made myself do it. And after I did that and saw that it paid off, ooh, ooh looks good. That was the coolest thing was once I got myself acclimated to doing that and seeing that that did make a difference that that student, and then that student actually was able to have a dialogue with me about why he felt like he needed to do the things he did. So then I was able to talk to him, which played more to my natural strengths of me being very communicative. Um, those things, see, seeing that that led to that meant that, okay, now that I see this actual payoff in making myself be the, you know, the disciplinarian, be the, the authority that I need to be. So I think that was probably the best thing for me. You know? Did you find that that student, uh, after it was all said and done, respected you? Or definitely you more, more. Definitely yeah. more so. Definitely yeah. more so. I mean, he would he would literally blow me off while I was telling him things. So like hand like hand wave in the air would blow me off. And now we've <laughs> no no, but later in life probably wouldn't surprise me. So now we can talk and he'll do things for me. It's just we have to meet halfway where it's still like, I understand, you know, I understand you signed up for this class for a different reason than the way I'm teaching it now. But here's the thing I can give you to do that's more in line with what you want to do but also is not being disruptive to me. Right. So that's that's been a really good workaround. And then, like, we have a really good rapport now, too, where we didn't really have that before. So now I, I feel like yeah, no, I, I definitely think there is respect return, there. A returning student? Uh, he's no. a senior. No. Yeah. Oh, he's a senior. Um, you know, it's, I'm just, you know, it's such a, it's such a great opportunity for him to be moving on to the next step. In the it's going to be a tough you know? loss for all of us, but I Absolutely, think we're, yeah. uh, we're going to cry every day. <laughs> but I think we're, we're, for those of you not watching the video feed of this podcast, which you can't because it doesn't exist. Sarcasm. <laughs> <laughs> Much like my fry dripping up ranch. Yeah. Us was dripping yeah. sarcasm. Dripping Ric Flair or Ric Flair drip. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. I don't know what that is. Yeah, that wrestling reference on there. Well, oh, uh, <laughs> it's actually a hip-hop reference. Oh. Because well, there's something called the Ric Flair drip, which is re referring to wrestling. But kids don't know that. They just know the Ric Flair drip, which they don't know who Ric Flair is. Yeah. Woo, That's the nature boy. Don't know that a quarter or half of this podcast also has to do with wrestling. Whenever Jay Thomas is on, we talk about wrestling. Oh my god! Oh, so why haven't why? There's a whole wrestling. So they can, yeah, oh, can, are you? Oh, sidebar. Are you yeah. excited for? Uh, are you going to watch Double or Nothing this weekend? I plan to. Yes. Okay. Not a sidebar at all. Totally staying in. I mean, <laughs> It's gonna be one of those like, what's up? We talk about theater and wrestling. Uh -huh. okay. Dude, okay. okay. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. The same. Yes, yeah. they are. I'm yeah. gonna go. I'm going with with Blake on this. All wrestling is is just it's just heightened drama with fighting. That's yeah. literally all it is. And at least those two things are related. And we talk there's about like, entertaining. There's like five or six different theses that I've seen that directly address correlations between 
wrestling and theater. Yeah. And it, it all goes back to the idea of a well-made player, like a well-told story. Yeah. But I've also seen other podcasts that are like, hey, what's up? We're like a Pokemon podcast. And also we talk about wrestling. And you know, those two crowds don't really... Uh, much well, like I mean, is it okay? Now, well, hang on a second. All the fans of Pokemon and all the fans of wrestling live in their mom's basement. That's true. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that's the name of the podcast, Mom's Basement. <laughs> Gross. That's, that's not taking them. That's a different type of podcast. <laughs> that one would be an explicit yeah. podcast. Yeah, Mom's Basement is the uh, sort of sister podcast to Dad's Basement, or Dad's Attic. Oh, oh God. <laughs> that, there's no way that those are sisters. <laughs> well, they are in the podcast. Dad's Attic. Hey, the, hey, trademark. You can't take those ideas. <laughs> I've already talked to my lawyer. This is a new position for you. And a new position overall, right? Second year for both. Thank you, Jacob. I appreciate that. I, you know what? So, wait, you're second. So it's the second year you I'm in the second year. Okay, okay, second year. Okay. But you started the position. Yes. In, in its current iteration, I'm the one who's basically serving in that position. How old is that space? Uh, it'll be 10 years old uh, in October. And so nobody was managing it before other than the can I director. Go into this? Yeah, so you can she can let her yeah, Mandy yeah. go ahead and hop in because she can cover what happened before I was here. Because so, I'd love to find out how it right. who convinced who that you need a pack manager. Um, well, I will tell you that if you let me talk. I'll jump in real quick and said it basically killed the last guy doing the classes and the pack. I and they realized like after it all it's always reactionary, right? Like the person is leaving and they yeah. realize, okay, now we gotta do something. Like, Districts so, are not proactive, they're reactive. Right. Continue. Sorry. We lost so three years ago, there were two theater directors, husband and wife team, and he was, before that, he was the one of the sole teachers, that they've had, they had a few different teachers before that, but he was one of the only teachers, and his wife, oh yeah, sorry, I was drinking a drink, um, his wife came on and both of them went half-time so that they could manage the pack half-time, and they brought me on full-time to take over their other six classes. And then in one year's time, they both left at the same time, so I was the only existing director. And our fine arts director, at the when they turned in their notices in July, said, what do I have to do to keep you? What do you want the program to look like? And I said, the very first thing you have to do is separate the two positions. There needs to be head of the theater department, there needs to be a pack manager. And he said, you wouldn't consider pack managing. And I said, I'm not the right person for that job. And and I can't. Like, it just wouldn't. I, I don't know enough about the position. I can't do it. Um, and so... I went over to just the head theater side and, and we looked to hire a, t a TD and a pack manager at the same time. And so um, it, it, was, it was killing the previous guy because he, he was living full time at the pack basically. And um, my first semester we were trying to split pack duties between the three of us. And then the second semester, I told them I couldn't work at the pack anymore. Like it was becoming too hard for me and my family. So um, now it's a one-person gig, and he has. If you want to jump in, talk about your staff now and what yeah, we need. So, so right now, it's currently a staff of one and a half, um, which, to be frank, isn't enough to really run right. the, the facility. But we've managed. 
um, what they've what they've they're actually changing it for next year. We're still waiting on finalizing from the board, but they're actually changing it next year where we have two full-time staff. Um, but what's really nice about it, um, with uh, the guy before me, he would have the late night event at 10 o'clock and then be expected to be back in the following morning at 8 a.m. for his next for his classes, which is just, it's, it's untenable. You can't do that to yeah. for that long. Um, luckily, they realized, oh, we can't do that, so now they've kind of changed it to where if I'm working till 10 or 11 o'clock the night before, I don't have to be in the next day until noon. Right. Um, which which helps a lot, but there are still times where I have an event that ends at 10 and I got an event that starts the next morning right. at 7. So hopefully the, the plan right now is two full-time people and then I can hire out uh, temp or former alumni who know how to run the facility to make our lives easier. Um, Which that's how like the summers look, right? Yeah, I mean for the most part. Uh, so for the summer, we're gonna we're basically that first year was this is what everyone's been doing. We're gonna let everyone continue to kind of do it as we change small things. This is the big overall year. Um, we just finished year two. Um, going into this, going into the third year is where we now really start overhauling right. because, like I said. I can do it, and I don't have a family, so it's a lot easier for me to, to stay later. But you know, I eventually want to like have a life outside of the work right. I do. So, um, well, it is a little overrated, but uh, <laughs> but I guess I guess my my point is is that now the district is starting to understand like how much how taxing just running a facility can be. Like, like I think Austin ISC has a, has a similar structure, but they've got a five got, or six person team. Well, they've got two full-time guys. Yeah. People. Two full-time people. Yeah. Um, but they're, and, but they're expanding but they, their workforce yeah, too. Yeah. So. Well, that, no, they, they have a bunch of half-timers. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. You know, so they've got a, they do have a team, you're right, but it's two full-time, 24-7, mm -hmm. eight days a week kind of yeah. thing. And I would like to see us get to a full-on structure like that, um, because I mean we do. Granted, we do mostly meetings, but if we do, if you count meetings, EDs, shows, I think at last count it was like 390 or 400 unique events a year, um, including summers. So it's it it can definitely it'll definitely wear on you for sure. So. Not to change the subject. No. Not to change the subject. Go for it. What's something you miss from the classroom? Directing. Um, it, I'm directing for one, and just just the ability to sort of train. Um, I still get to do it, but you know that more hands-on work with with individual students. Yeah, I'll take more tea. Can you hand her mine, please? Yeah, I sure can. Um, the the other thing would be like I don't have I don't have the same relationships with the students now. Yeah. Like there's there's definitely like sort of a, a another, they, just another barrier. What do they call you? Uh, Layton. Layton, Mr. Um, okay. Layton. Yeah, it's like I I exist within this sort of hierarchy, like just above the teachers, but well below like the fine arts director or right. service service center staff. But like. Um, it's just a, like relationship building is very different now because there's that built-in barrier and they're not my students so I don't see them every day um, and then yeah it's it's just really nice to to direct a show like I haven't directed a show since I left McKinney right. which 
Which sucks a lot. But, Do you think you know. that's something that you could convince your school or the, I guess, the high school? or even other higher-ups that you could potentially do or want to do? So, like, even if it's a summer? Well, and so, yeah, that's actually what I was going to mention. They, um, they've given me permission if I can find time in the schedule, and the cool thing is is I have right of refusal all the way up to, uh, all the, way up to the associate superintendent, not the superintendent of the board, but yeah. um, if I don't have the time, I can say no. Yeah. Um, but I can carve out time in my schedule to actually get a, a performance done. Right. The, we were planning on doing a show this summer, but you know, just I need a break. So right. I'm just going to disappear for like two and a half weeks. <laughs> Off the face of the earth. By the way, I'm disappearing for two and a half weeks. Yeah, that's not my problem. July, right? Yeah. Oh, that's actually another cool thing. My uh, our fine arts director is actually very very supportive, I mean, and has gone to bat for me and for, for them. And oh, so, yeah. oh yeah, he basically is demanding that I disappear for two weeks right. so I don't burn out. Yeah, sure. Brian, yeah. Did you learn anything from Mandy? <laughs> uh, good things, right? You? <laughs> hey, I'm leaving, so. <laughs> Pretend she's not sitting here or listens to the podcast. I don't listen to the podcast. She only promotes it. Yeah, just promotes <laughs> yeah, it. I never listen to it. She's a spammer. I figure I'm already on it. Yeah. I don't want to listen to it yet. Yeah. Yeah, I think the most important thing I've learned from Mandy is um, following through. Mandy follows through. And I didn't know what that looked like necessarily because again it's one of those the thing about teaching is, is so much of it is you don't know until you do it yeah it's everything about it is on the job and following through is one of those things that understanding what that means in all these different contexts and saying what meaning what you say and always always per, always having structure always having that backbone to follow through and say hey do this thing or this happens do they do the thing? Okay, cool. Move to step two. Do they not do the thing? Okay, thing happens. And again, that's just when you start doing that, that's where I think the respect from the kids as the teacher comes in. They start to understand, like, oh, you're serious. And that's just a, it's been very, very beneficial to me. Is, is there something that you wish you had learned in student teaching or even in college that you <laughs> uh, quickly learned as an educator? Um, I mean, there's all, like I said, it's all, it's so much of it's hands-on. I think, and this is just a general thing. Right, I wish but, well, so what'd you yeah. go to school for? I went to school for theater education, right? Theater, so, so yeah. there you go. So, but if you go to school for theater education, so what'd you go to school for? Uh, tech direction. Okay, same here. So, uh, so in, in schooling, correct me if I'm wrong, we went to school not thinking we're going to be in education, so when we get to be educators, we're not pissed off at our professors because they didn't teach us something, because yeah. we're not there to learn how to be better educators. Yeah. If you went to school to, to learn how to yeah. be a good educator, you know, I would feel like... I would feel like you'd eventually get in front of these kids and be like, man, I really wish in my four, oh, five, absolutely. six years they had taught me yeah. that this was going to happen. Yeah, uh, I think... Um, I've got two things. So it's up. The first one isn't so much what they didn't teach me; it's more of what they tried to. And it just in general, because they have to teach to a certain standard, sure. a lot of it is very hypothetical. A lot of it's very perfect world circumstance. 
and a lot of it doesn't ever actually apply right. to the things well, that you're doing. Well, that's the, what's the pedagogy test, that, that yeah. test is, yeah. it's, <laughs> everything is like, if you taught in a uh, school that makes this amount of money, even the, even the Title I questions are yeah. like ideal Title I questions. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I get it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it doesn't take into account the schools with like 90% at-risk population. Yeah, where I, that's where I started. that kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah. I, just, I, think, I think the hardest thing to learn is also the hardest thing. The hardest thing to learn and the hard, is the same, is the thing I think is the hardest thing to teach, which is classroom management. And not yeah. even like how to be a disciplinarian. It's how do you find your own voice in the classroom? Yeah. So and that's and that's something that I think Brian and I talked about a lot because yeah. especially at the beginning because what you do in those first few weeks is so essential to yeah. how your whole year plans out. <coughs> and um, and for me, I had a lot of experience teaching itty bitty ones. And and in all honesty, I didn't do anything different that I did with elementary kids that I do with high school students in the sense that I I set a standard, I hold the class to it, and then I, I continuously make those same choices every day, right? And um, and my kids have a love and fear for me that I think is healthy, right? And I what I tried to tell Brian from the onset is don't try to, and not that he was, but don't try to do it like me, because I've had experiences of all throughout my life where that I do things a certain way so someone else who's working with me or alongside me tries to do it in the exact same way and it doesn't work for them so they don't respect that. They don't. They see that it's someone else trying to do it the way you do it and it doesn't work out. And I think Brian um, tried a lot of different ways, never got so frustrated that he quit. Um, he held steadfast to the way that he does things which is different than the way that I do things. And, um, and it was the perfect balance in the department in the long run because when I'm super tough, he's not lenient. He just handles things in a different way that they appreciate him in a different. Way. And, so, um, so there's a you know the, there's a it's very popular to say that you're not a, a good teacher until after your third year. Yeah. Right. Uh, but I've always been a believer. You're not necessarily a good teacher. You're just so tired of kids. <laughs> That is incredibly accurate. So, so you 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 become a better classroom manager because yeah. you're just like, whatever, man. You know, you just you become hard to yeah. desensitize a little bit. And so it's it's not. You could be a good teacher from day one. Yeah. You could know how to educate from day one, but like you said, unless you attack them those first couple of days and you set those standards, you've lost them. Even yeah. if you're the best teacher in the world. Yeah. You can, uh, always, you can always get softer, but you. If you go soft, then you can't ever get You can't far. get them back. Yeah, next on. <laughs> I knew it was coming. Oh. I couldn't even finish, I couldn't even finish yeah. what I was saying uh, without stopping. It's like you start saying it, and you're I'm like, just, oh, yeah. no. Yeah, it's coming. Oh. Mom's basement is just this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I, I astat it's ecstatic how much I agree with that. You yeah. just get so tired of it. I mean, that's that's where a lot of mine came from. Where you know, there's something would happen, and I would just go, you know what? So uh, I had a student a couple days ago. I went on our senior trip, <coughs> and at the end of the trip, before we got on the buses to leave Six Flags in San Antonio, <coughs> he comes up and he gets his sandwich. We ordered Jason's Deli. Plug out to Jason's Deli. Uh, 
sponsor this podcast. Please. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, no. Well, just sponsor. Just give me some money, Jason. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, he comes up to me and, and grabs uh, a box. And then he grabs another box. I said, what are you getting that second box for? He goes, I'm getting it for, uh, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm getting it for my friend. And uh, I said, what's your friend's name? He gives me a name. I go, that's your sister. She's not on the trip. <laughs> go get your ass back on the bus. And so the reason I bring that up is because probably my first or second year teaching, I would have been like, oh, yeah, 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 take it to your friend. Yeah, 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 sure, sure, sure. Oh, what else does your friend need? <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, you know, just being, being a, a nice person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now it's like nine years in, uh, you're, you know, everything is, you, you have your guard up for everything. You are defensive for everything. And even students, like, when I hand a student my key, which I know I'm not supposed to, I'm not, I don't ever do that. Uh, but when no, I hand no, a student, yeah, none of us do. Yeah, not a single, single teacher has ever done that. <laughs> but I always, I always ask uh, what they need it for, always. Because sometimes they'll say, uh, "Oh, I need to get in. I need to get into the costume closet." Okay, innocent. That's fine. What do you need? Oh, it's going to get something for my English class. No, 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 no. Give me the key back. Like I don't. We're not a. We're not a garage sale. You know. Right. <laughs> uh, so if you say, "Oh, I was going to go in there because the other director wants me to fish some stuff out for our show." Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's the key. I always ask, "Why do you need this?" Yeah. And, and you and it's amazing some of the, the the kids start getting privy to it right and they're like well I need to get some stuff for the show we opened yesterday or we closed yesterday or so you know something like that it's like they always have an excuse and they always yeah. try to figure out but no I, I, you start to get uh, tough and uh, as, as you would say you don't have no I'm, and now I'm okay, just scratching okay. how, many, how, how many different districts have you worked in three three districts in nine years. And well, yeah. I mean, I took a three-year break. So I yeah, I remember I stepped away for three years. The tour was straight no chaser. Hope she didn't think I was anyway. Afraid. What's your question? <laughs> um, a lot of S and C. What is your What is your advice for someone going to a different district? That like, how do you? What I'm scared about. Just ask, just ask the question know, straight out. Good lord. What I'm scared about is how do I keep my current state of teacherness at a different district with maybe a different, well, I know, with a different okay. demographic of kids. Yeah, I got the answer to it. It may not be perfect. It's just what I've experienced. So what I've, what I've experienced going uh, now two different districts, or switching to another, like, you know what I mean? I've been in three districts, but I've only yeah. switched twice. Uh, you have got to have a pre school meeting so you've got to meet with those top kids before school starts because if you don't you your first impression is the first day of school and so you yeah so you have to establish a relationship before the first day of school or the second day you know the first day of school is just 
a get them in, feed them, get them home kind of day. You know, there's no real relationship building. But um, you've got to have, you've got to demand that there be some sort of. I want to meet those top kids. I want to meet the thespians. I want to meet uh, whoever leads this department. I want to meet them. Let's let's have a powwow at the school, or or if other directors are there, let's go to Chili's and let's get a big table and let's all hang out. But uh, shout out to Chili's, by the way, sponsor. Uh, <laughs> Lower the price of the two for twenty-five, please. Yeah, still upset two about for it. Two twenty makes so much more sense. It, so it was fine. You didn't need to raise the price. You just did it because you could. Anyway, yeah, a little, little, little bitter. Yeah, Mr. Chili. It's not uh, personal. But that that would be my advice because it, it, it again it takes away that because you can with theater one kids it's easy day one to be like sit down shut up and get your work done but with those top kids the ones you're gonna oh, see yeah. every single day the ones you kind of want to make sure like you those are the ones that. You've got to get in front of early, so that that would be my thing, and that's what I did when I was at Morton Ranch. But do you think that you've had to change yourself and your style of teaching? No. From, that's what I'm asking. How how do you maintain your way with a different group of kids? So I just talked about this with Bob Singleton. I don't remember if it was on the record or not, but. Um, so I, going to HSPBA, right? Since I went there, that's what, it's making me nervous. Oh, I'm not gonna knock it over. I'm very self-aware of my surroundings. Uh, I walked in my first day of teaching at Rowlett, thinking that I could uh, teach HSPBA's style of teaching, which is a conservatory for all intents and purposes. And I learned very quickly. That's not going to work. That doesn't work with public school. That doesn't work with Title One. That doesn't work with free and reduced lunch kids. Doesn't work with kids that don't care about being here. So, my style of teaching from year one to year two changed really quickly because at Rowlett I was like, let's do this like HSPBA. And then at, when I got to Morton Ranch with Pam Wilson, who had been doing this for 30 years by that time, uh, she said that's that, that's not going to work. Um, and so I had to relearn my style, but I learned it really quickly. Um, and no offense to Pam, but she would probably agree, she was always bad cop, so I was always the good guy. This was my first year teaching, this past year, that I was bad cop. So it changed the dynamic, but I'm glad I had this, because now if I move on to administration, it really helps me because administrators don't deal with, don't are never good cops with kids. They're they're always dealing with the bad cops, you know, or bad kids, you know. Um, so I can always be bad cop. Like, how come you told the teacher to f off? That's not good. Not like every kid that will come to you will be a bad kid. No, no, but I have to call those kids to my office. Like the the bad kids are sent to my office. The you good know, kids. On PC, it is the, to call kids bad kids. The bad oh, kids. I, yeah, whatever. The the kids not making correct decisions. Not making happy choices. Not making happy choices. There are good I, kids I, and bad kids. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> like, like it's not PC, but it's it's the truth. It's whatever. And plus, this isn't even on minor wisdom. This gone? is on mom's soapbox or whatever <laughs> we're calling it. Oh, well, that's a have different you, one entirely. <laughs> minor.